This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. We are back here today for another remote session to talk about moving to Italy. In the past, we've talked about moving to Italy as somebody who's not from the European Union, and we've also talked about it as from the perspective of somebody who is an Italian citizen, whether that is you were born there or you were born abroad and got your citizenship recognized. But in this episode, we would like to focus on those individuals who ha- are European Union citizens and are planning to relocate to Italy uh, and purchase property or even rent one. But uh, Marco, where would you say is probably a good place to get started on this subject? Um, maybe would you say something about the rules uh, and what a person has to consider in that regard? If you are a European citizen and you want to relocate to Italy for up to 90 days, uh, there aren't really any specific requirements that you have to uh, meet or rules that you have to follow. You can just pack up your things and relocate to Italy. Um, And again, there isn't really anything important you have to consider. However, if you want to stay for longer than 90 days, um, at that point, there are some requirements and, and rules that you have to follow and keep in mind. For example, if you stay for long, if you decide if you're planning on staying for longer than 90 days, you have to remember to register as a resident in Italy. Uh, registering as a resident actually has some uh, benefits because it allows you to do some things that you uh, that wouldn't come as easy if you were not registered. Now, there are probably no consequences if you uh, don't register if you don't register immediately, or even if you register after 90 days have passed. Um, it's a situation where you should register, but if you don't, nothing really happens. But like I said, if you do register as a resident, that comes with many advantages. Uh, for example, you can apply for a tax code, and the tax code may be required to uh, obtain a rental agreement. Also, the tax code that is what sometimes allows you to even get a, a SIM card, an Italian phone number, or if you want to purchase a car, an insurance. So being a resident in, a, in an Italian municipality comes with a lot of advantages. So I would say that it's not just a requirement, but something that is highly advisable that you do and take care of upon relocation to Italy. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can definitely see why that would be Um, a good idea, especially having been an Italian citizen in Italy, that was something that when you go through that process and there are those advantages that you were talking to are talking about. Um, but I guess one of the other ones, one of the big ones, um, would be the health care. Is that something that you uh, mind going into for a second? Absolutely. So European citizens, they can um, use the Italian health care system with some limitation. Of course, you're not an Italian citizen, but you are a European citizen. Um, however, you can't even register with the Italian health care system if you're not registered as a resident in Italy. Now, the registration as a resident is not a 
very difficult process. So it's not that you have to spend days or weeks uh, uh, trying to understand how to do it. It's as easy as uh, going to the municipality, the, the town hall um, in the city, in the town where you reside. There will probably be some forms that you have to fill out. Um, some community may allow you to return those forms via email or via PEC, um, so the certified email. And there will be a local police verification, so uh, the local, the municipal police uh, will actually physically come to the house and uh, check if you live in the house, if you have a bed, if you have uh, all of what you need to for your house to be, um, for, for the living conditions to be there. And um, the police, the municipal police normally has up to 45 days uh, to stop by your house and check if you actually reside there. But um, it normally takes just a few days after you initiate the registration process. And by the way, this registration as a resident uh, is something that also happens in most of the other European countries. So in the opposite situation, if you are an Italian who relocates in another European country, um, needs to register as a resident normally if they're planning on staying for longer than 90 days. So although the rules are not the same, although there is no maybe uh, police verification in other countries, but also most of the other European countries do require that you register yourself as a resident um, as a rule, but also to access many of the advantages that are connected to being a resident in that specific European country. But even you mentioned about the police check and actually that they do come to your home. And this is also something that we should probably clarify. It's not something that it's because you're from somewhere else, because you're not Italian, because of this or that. This happens to everybody. If you're an Italian citizen who was born and raised there, if you're an Italian citizen who is from elsewhere outside of the country and born and raised abroad, this is everybody across the board. I've had it happen a number of times uh, because I've moved a number of times in Italy. Um, and for people coming from other nations, they can see this as something that's a little bit um, daunting and it's something really not to worry about. I, every experience that I had, I have to say was actually quite positive. The first time it happened, um, it was a representative of the police from the comune, from the city hall. It wasn't actually the police officer. Um, and she was there, and we, it ended up being a very delightful interaction. She ended up inviting me um, uh, over to her home with her husband for coffee and tea and cakes and this and that. And that never ended up happening. I never took that opportunity. <laughs> but even when um, it was like a police officer who came by, they just look in. They just make sure that it looks like it's a space that's lived in. They ask you for your documentation and confirm that the address on their registration is correct, that the name is spelled correctly, that the birth date is spelled correctly. It's very simple stuff. It sounds maybe a little bit more scary than what it is. But going on to, I guess, another part of this process, what would you say is another thing uh, that a person should start thinking about or considering when they are going through this process of relocating to Italy. Thank you. That was actually a very accurate uh, description. So um, just to recap, um, even if you don't need any visa or residency permits, if you are a European citizen relocating to another EU country, you do need some, to follow these basic rules that come with 
many advantages. But um, to answer your question, probably the next thing that I would consider um, if I was relocating to Italy from from another European country uh, would be to open a bank account in an Italian bank. Mm. Although it's not absolutely necessary, especially because um, it's so easy right now to use a bank account in another European country, even if you're not living in that country, or even if you have to send right. uh, wire transfers uh, within the European Union from one country to the other EU country, it, it became so right. easy lately. So I wouldn't say that, as, yeah. that it is absolutely a necessity to open an Italian bank account if you relocate to Italy, not even if you want to purchase a property or rent a property. So potentially you could mm -hmm. uh, keep your foreign bank account that is located in another EU country. Uh, but at the same time, it is so easy to open a bank account in Italy. Uh, it is as easy as showing up at the bank and just just providing your identification documents, signing a couple of forms, and they, they open up the bank account for you. That you can get the application for your smartphone. And so probably I would suggest to open a bank account. But like I said, it's not a necessity. Yeah, I, I can see how that could be. I mean, I guess in in the end, it really just can't hurt. But like you were mentioning, even about the, the wire transfers within the um, SEPA system, the single European payment area, I think that's what it's called. Um, the, the, the transfers of making even, uh, depending on your bank, of course, but um, some banks, they don't charge anything for transfers, depending on the type of account that you have, or maybe they'll charge you a euro, two euros, 50. I know uh, in, in Italy, my, my bank account was like 250 for, um, for transfers. And that didn't matter whether it was domestic within Italy, or if I was sending it to another EU nation. I think even to the UK, uh, there would be a conversion fee for British pounds, but for um, actually doing the transfer, it didn't matter in that case. So yeah, it definitely makes sense that um, if you already have a European account in euros, because that's the other thing to consider is that because of the European system that we're all, or at least most of us, are living in areas where we use the euro currency. But before we get into the subject of actually renting or purchasing in Italy, one thing that I'm sure many people will be concerned about and wondering what it will look like, uh, taxation. How, how is that situation for the average person who might be considering to move to Italy? Definitely, I would consider speaking to an accountant regarding your uh, specific situation. Uh, but in general, um, Italy, as many other European countries, uh, doesn't tax its citizens. Rather, Italy taxes people who reside in Italy from a fiscal standpoint. Normally, that means that if you spend the majority of your time in Italy, so if you're relocating long term, you may have to consider filing your taxes in Italy, which may mean that you don't have to file your taxes in your home country anymore. Um, even if your uh, income is in your own country, but now you reside in Italy, Italy may be the only country where you pay taxes. So uh, ultimately what counts is your presence in Italy, which needs to be more than 180 uh, days, uh, so more than half a year. Um, in that case, you may have to file uh, your taxes in Italy, but it also makes sense if you're relocating to Italy, uh, 
long term if you make Italy your home um, even if you have your business abroad you may end up having to fire your personal taxes at least in Italy yeah that, that makes sense that this would be the potential um, again as you were mentioning uh, because it's not like the United States or the the other couple of countries out there where um, taxation is based on citizenship uh, so it's a very interesting point to consider there even for those uh, of, of our viewers and listeners who may be listening in and have Italian citizenship, Italian dual citizenship, uh, this is another very interesting piece of the puzzle um, about being an Italian dual citizen. But of course, for more on that subject, be sure to check out the other podcast that Marco and I do, the Italian Citizenship Podcast. Uh, but Marco, uh, maybe it's uh, worthwhile getting into the subject of the... Um, actual process for or maybe not the full process uh, because we've touched on that before but what a european citizen might have to go through purchasing or renting in italy um, maybe we should start with purchasing what would that person want to go through or start considering once they've done a lot of these other things because i'm assuming also the residents may be contingent on whether they found a place to live or some of those details. Of so European citizens, they can purchase properties in Italy without limitations, without having to be registered as residents. So even if they want to purchase a second house, a vacation home where they can spend some time during the year, uh, they can do that without any sort of limits. Um, so it's not necessary to be a resident of Italy, it's not necessary to have a bank account in Italy. Uh, having a bank account may facilitate the, some some payment processes, like if you have to pay your annual taxes, mm -hmm. which in Italy are very low. If you have to pay common charges, uh, utility bills, uh, it may be easier. Yeah, well, yeah. especially utilities. No, that's, Sorry that's definitely you. accurate. Yeah, no, I mean like. Yeah, for internet specifically, like or even phone, a lot of companies want to have a direct debit, and they won't allow you to have that contract unless it's a direct debit. And a lot of those companies will only accept an Italian um, bank code, even though by European law they're supposed to be able to accept any from any Italian SEPA or not uh, European SEPA um, IBAN code. But in reality, they want Italian Absolutely. IBANs. But no, sorry, that, again, that, I was, that was a there. good point. And um, the thing is, you may need a tax code. You may need a tax code um, to purchase pro the property or to set up utility bills, set up the phone bill, um, internet. Uh, but I said before that the tax code is given to you if you reside in Italy. But they make an exception normally if you are purchasing a house in Italy and you don't want to go reside in Italy, meaning that. Um, when you're purchasing a property and you reside abroad, you are allowed to get a tax code from your local Italian consulate. Sometimes even by visiting Italy, some offices will give you a tax code. But when it comes to renting a property in Italy, in that case, being a resident may make a difference, meaning that, of course, it's not a legal requirement to reside in Italy and be a legal resident of Italy to rent a property. Uh, you can rent as a visitor, but uh, especially if you're not renting in a tourist city or uh, if you want to rent a long-term property, 
the owner may feel more comfortable if you are a resident, if you, are your, you have your tax code, if you have your Italian ID, yeah. uh, all of the things that you normally get when you are a resident. So it may be more difficult though, not impossible to rent a property in Italy without the intention of relocating to Italy uh, long-term. Unless, of course, it's a tourist area. Uh, if you wanna get an Airbnb, of course, that, that's not a problem. Uh, if you wanna right. rent for a few days, for a few weeks, if you wanna rent in a, um, in a city right. by the sea, uh, that's gonna be the issue. But if you're planning on uh, moving to Italy permanently, then becoming a resident, even if you're renting, may be uh, the better solution. Well, also, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's not just if you want to move to Italy permanently, but any time that it's over three months, then that's when some of these situations start to come into play. Like even for Airbnb that they won't want to rent if it's longer than that Absolutely. 90 day period. When it, when it goes beyond the 90 day period, it starts to be considered as a long term uh, situation. Uh, I get it. I get it. It makes sense. So it's just that legal classification, which which gets changed there. Um and then so for that person who's going through this process, uh, one thing that I can say is also ha having gone through the rental process in Italy a couple of times that um, you will, like Mar Marco was saying, find those situations where the owner may feel more comfortable if they see certain things in place, especially when it comes to uh, your financial situation and to see where you're earning money from and how you're earning money. And especially if you have a job in Italy, they'll want to see that working contract. Having a working contract in Italy can be golden in, in getting a, an apartment set up for yourself. If you do come from certain countries, because this is also a personal thing and uh, kind of more of a personal judgment that they may feel more comfortable if you come from certain areas which are known to be in Europe, maybe a little bit more financially stable, a little bit more wealthy, uh, to, to put it nicely and to put it plainly, so these are things that you also may want to consider having some bank statements maybe could be something that help will help you um but of course this will all depend on the landlord again correct no, me if i'm wrong here, right Monica. i'm happy you brought out this point um when you're renting in italy um especially when you're renting long term uh it may be very different from what happens in other countries even in some other european countries landlords in italy are very um for lack of a better word, demanding or picky. Um, yes. <laughs> so they want to see who you are, uh, your intentions. They want to understand yes. how long you'll stay in their property. Uh, if you have the financial means to afford to pay the rent, that's the first thing. So um, you, they, they will want to see your maybe tax returns or. Uh, job contract, uh, whether it's an Italian job or uh, a job in your home country, uh, they will want to see something that makes them comfortable to sign a lease agreement with you. And that's because in Italy, first of all, lease agreements are very long. I've lived in other European countries and they offer uh, a lot of kinds of lease agreements for, for one month, <laughs> like you pay month by month for one year. Yeah. In Italy, it's a little bit different. Normally you have to rent for, again, okay. if it's not a 
tourist city, but you, if it's a normal town, you have to rent for uh, four years uh, and you are allowed to uh, give right. notice to terminate the agreement six months um, before the day in which you want to move out. So it's not that you are obligated to use the apartment for four years. You can give notice and get out in six right. months, sometimes three months. Uh, some people are able to put a three months termination notice on the agreement. But uh, in Italy, because the eviction process is so difficult for a landlord, they kind of want to make sure that you're the right person to use their property, that you will not damage their property. So they want to see who you are uh, at the end of the day. No, and I mean, look, it's, it's, a, it's a fair demand to make to make sure that whoever's going to be in your apartment actually has the ability to um, make it worth your while because as a landlord, you may have a mortgage that you're paying and maybe that rent is going towards paying the mortgage or maybe you have certain obligations in your own life and maybe you've already paid for everything um, and maybe that rental fee will cover certain costs in your life or even to pay the taxes on that property. Not that they're so high in Italy, but I guess maybe just on that note, for those individuals who are thinking about purchasing property in Italy, what would those annual uh, property taxes potentially look like? I, I know it'll change depending on the location, but it just as a rough idea. depending on the location, and assuming it's not a luxury property, uh, they will be very low. So hundreds of euros, definitely not thousands of euros. So they're very reasonable. Mm -hmm. You do have to pay every year, but it's not, it's not a huge amount. And then also you were talking um, uh, about the charges that you'll have if you're in a, like an apartment building. What would those normally look like? What what type of fee structure is normally in place? If you're renting or if you own a property in a condominium complex, you'll have, of course, to pay common charges regarding the uh, costs related to the common areas. So, uh, it, of course, it depends on uh, the type of building, if it's a huge condominium complex, if you have three elevators, or if it's like a small complex, which in Italy are very uh, common, maybe with five or six units, um, the situation will be different. So it kind of depends on the specific case and situation. But basically, these common charges will include uh, cleaning of stairs, you know, the electricity to run the elevator or the electricity in the stairs or uh, the electricity to open the gate uh, to access the parking area. And in Italy, if the complex has uh, more than a certain number of units, uh, by law, you need to appoint a property manager, um, which is normally a third party. Uh, it's, it's not somebody who actually lives in the property, but it's normally an accountant or somebody that uh, does that for a living and that manages different condominium complexes. And so I guess one other thing um, that is not uncommon in Italy, but not something that you find everywhere, and that will be uh, communal heating. Um, how does that normally work in a building? Um, just because that's something that I know could be maybe a little bit different than what some people may be used to from other places. Well, in Italy, especially in the city center, we have older condominium complexes. So um, you may find yourself in a situation where the heating is like centralized. So it's common to all the units in the in the complex, which means that everyone pays based on 
how big their apartment is. Now, because that carried disadvantages for those people who had a large unit but were not maybe really spend a lot, spending a lot of time in their unit uh, and had to pay anyway based on how big the unit was, uh, a few years ago, uh, a lot of condominiums started to install these devices on the heaters inside the unit that are able to basically calculate how much heating you're using from the complex so that you pay only based on the amount of heating that is actually going into your apartment. So that was uh, that, that was a big change for a lot of people, for the better, of course. And of course, the newest units, maybe outside of the city center, they have their own heating system, so they don't depend on the condominium complex. Well, that's good to know um, that there are those new apartments which may or may not have that communal heating. Um, it is nice, though, that I'll say, having uh, lived in some of these places, that there is sometimes, even if you're not using the heater in your apartment, there can be some residual heating that goes through the building, depending on what wall and how the piping goes through, that maybe you'll have a couple of walls in your apartment that may be a little bit warm uh, just because it carries the heat into other apartments from people who are actually using it. So it might not warm it up so much, but it might take away some of the bitter cold that you'll experience. But another thing that I think is worth pointing out that in some of the older buildings that the communal heating can actually be a little bit loud or maybe not loud, but you'll hear it. Maybe when it's kicking on that you'll hear some banging on the the on the pipes in the building, or you'll hear the water running through. Um, but it is very nice uh, having lived in places where everything is autonomous heating um, that you can have this ability to just turn it on um, and have heating. Of course, during certain times of day. But um, I'm just wondering: is there anything maybe that we've missed so far that might be worth getting into regarding these topics of renting or purchasing? in Italy as somebody who's coming from the European Union. Well, maybe just before we wrap up this episode, it's worthwhile to point out that, uh, you know, we spoke before about uh, the necessity to register yourself as a resident uh, if you are intending on relocating to Italy for more than 90 days. Not every property will allow you to register as a resident. For example, if you're renting through Airbnb, uh, uh, in yeah. most cases, that's not acceptable as a residency address. But even if you're renting through a landlord, you always have to make sure that the apartment is registered as a residential unit because there will be some places that look like a residential unit but are actually registered as a commercial space. Of course, that doesn't really happen often, but it's always bad, best to check that the, the zoning, that the apartment actually can be used as a residential unit and that therefore you're allowed to establish your residency in that specific unit. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's actually an issue that I ran into. Um, I was looking in Bolzano for an apartment. I found a place, fantastic price, right almost exactly smack dab in the center. Perfect, perfect. Everything about the apartment was fantastic. But it was registered as an office space, not as an apartment. So that meant, even as an Italian, that I wouldn't be able to register and have that as my home and be able to get health care and take care of X, Y, Z, A, B, and C. So 
in the end, I had to turn that down. But just uh, before we finish, and while we're on this topic, is that something, say, I'm, I'm assuming maybe in a rental situation, that it wouldn't be something that the owner would really want to change up. But say if you're purchasing a property in Italy, and you find an apartment that you really like, but it's registered as an office space. Can you go and actually change the registration and turn it into a livable apartment? Of course, definitely. That happened actually with a client who was very interested in an apartment. It was a unit that was originally meant to be an apartment, but at some point um, it was changed by another owner um, who wanted to set up the office there. So they changed the uh, registration of that unit uh, into a commercial uh, unit. Um, and then uh, my client, he really wanted to purchase that unit. He really liked it, but it was a commercial space basically. But um, we ended up changing the uh, registration very easily. It's not difficult. You have to do some paperwork, but it, it's definitely doable and it doesn't really take a lot of time. It takes a few weeks. Anyway, this is fantastic, and thank you so much for sharing all this information, and uh, we've kind of weaved in and out of this topic, and I know there will be a lot of this episode that even though we're talking mainly towards people who are coming from the EU, there will be various aspects of this that are relevant to anybody coming from anywhere. Even if you're moving within Italy, there will be some of these aspects that you may come across yourself. But Marco, if anybody is seeking help with finding that home that they want in Italy for themselves or for themselves and their family or for a family member of theirs, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can get in contact with us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com, or they can give us a call. The number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you are interested in more content like this, be sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel as well as the audio only podcast. But of course, if you are subscribed to the YouTube channel, you are automatically also subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast, where Marco and I also talk about a lot of related topics, going more into the details and the nitty gritty of getting Italian citizenship and legally residing in Italy and a lot of other details that are in that realm. Also, if you're interested in more about life abroad, living abroad, life in Italy, life in the European Union now as well, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash or you can search up Not Your Average Globetrotter on Google or YouTube, and you'll find also the audio-only version podcasts. But of course, thank you again so much, Marco, for making yourself available for another episode. Of course, this has been the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by italianrealestatelawyers.com. We have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian, and I'm Rafael Di Furia, and we will see you all next time. Stay safe and healthy out there. Later. Thank you.